Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony's Take Podcast, episode 352 of Sports. I'm Tony, and with me, I've got Off-Road Andy. Hello. We are Seanless for the second week in a row, and we will actually be Seanless next week as well, as he will actually be in Ireland. So, uh, won't have Sean for a while on uh, sports. We won't get to see his hot opinions on uh, some of the topics, but... Uh, Is he scouting the Irish League? Yeah, he might be. Is there an Irish League? There's got to be. Yeah. Actually, I don't know if there is for basketball. I feel I like there's probably not. Like- Oh, no, for soccer, soccer, there definitely is. There's some popular teams in the Irish League. I'm sure the best players want to go to the Premier League, right? Oh, absolutely. That's the ultimate goal. But uh, we do have a fun-filled podcast here. We've got a lot to talk about, including the NBA, where we've got the in-season tournament stuff mixed with uh, some news about one of the young players in the league, uh, some more MLB signings. Uh, We've also got some news in the NHL. We're going to give you guys an early season review since we haven't done that yet. And uh, a a player that used to be on the Ducks, really good on the Ducks, uh, has left his team. And the the rumor going around why actually uh, will be very shocking to you. And uh, college football, another wild weekend. Uh, Rankings have changed. Uh, So we'll get into that with you guys, along with recapping uh, the most recent week of the NFL and uh, recapping our picks and giving you guys more picks. So, uh, Let's dive in first with uh, the NBA. We want to start off with uh, the in-season tournament update because now we're at the point where teams have clinched and teams have become eliminated and uh, what needs to happen for some teams. So uh, tomorrow will be the last day of the group stage, Um, but a lot of teams have already played all of their games already and have clinched. Uh, And I don't think it's looking too good for the NBA in this, this tournament. I mean, I guess there's some teams that are fun. And maybe there's some teams that aren't so fun that the NBA does want to be in the tournament. Oh, yeah. Um, but let's start off. The Indiana Pacers clinched their group. They are fun, on 4-0. They're fun. That'll be a good thing. They're averaging 136.5 in the tournament. The problem there is the Philadelphia 76ers, who are one of the top teams in the NBA, they're in it right now sitting at 2-2. Two and two. They're not officially eliminated, but they're eliminated. Like, it's okay. going to take a miracle for them to get in there because uh, there's only two wild cards, and it's based on point differential. So uh, not officially eliminated, but basically they are. Um, and that would also probably eliminate Cleveland and Atlanta as well. Uh, in the second group, the Bucks are likely to clinch that. Um, and then you've got the Knicks and the Heat are still alive for a wild card. Um, so it's good that the Bucks are in there. Damian Lillard, people want to see that. Um, but I think the NBA would like to see the Knicks in there, and they'd like to see the Heat in there. But only one of them <laughs> is going to get in there. Um, and then in that's the, a tough conference. I mean, yeah. I mean, a tough bracket. I mean, and then the in the next group, the Orlando Magic, uh, <clears throat> they haven't clinched it, but they are probably going to win that group. Uh, at the end of the day, they have the, the highest point differential. They've already finished their games. So that's what they talked uh, about today with yeah. Boston. Because Boston is, is have you seen the score? They, they, the, the, about for point differential. Yeah, Boston is probably not going to make it. Really, so that's another problem for them. Yeah, they so they are actually behind in the point differential. So even so, if they win tomorrow, no, they're probably, they're playing right now. That's what I was talking about. Their point differential is, was pretty substantial tonight, and I think it's because they knew that. Yeah. Uh, oh, I had a, the games are today. I, I got lost. Yeah, it's on my, Tuesday. Yes, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so they are currently up by uh, thirty points. No, oh. four is that thirty or forty? That's 30. thirty. That's yeah. thirty. So that's the, that's yeah. what I'm saying. That'll shake things up. <laughs> I am sorry. I had I was look doing the research before the game started and had in my mind that these were all tomorrow. But yes. well, you can. Well, we can. We're here. I mean, you might as well. Yeah. Well, it's hard to do the math in real time. But yeah, no. But we do know that Boston being up thirty is going to help. And Orlando didn't have a game today, I believe. No, Orlando's already finished there. Okay, that's right, because everybody only plays four games, correct? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, the bo- that's what they were talking about today with. And I, I do this, I see this all the time in soccer, because they do a lot of point differential stuff. Like, obviously, we've never seen the NBA do anything that involved point differential. 
But soccer does it a lot with goal differential. Yeah. So I think Boston needs to win by 22 then. And so goal differential, you see a lot in uh, soccer. And you will see that happen when there's those games where it's like, like you would see it back when the, the Champions League used to do that, where it's like this team needs to win by like six goals. And it's like you would see a powerhouse team like a Barcelona play a lower team and beat them 8 nothing because. So, yeah, that's that's kind of the crazy thing about it. That's, you know, even though Boston's up 20, it's like, no, we're still going to go balls to the wall because we want to yeah. beat you by 40 if we can. Um, but yeah, the next the next group starting now at the Western Conference, Lakers swept their their group in by like the biggest margin. They, the Lakers are going to be the number one seed <laughs> in the tournament, and it's not even close. Uh, Phoenix is actually is going to most likely uh, get a wild card spot. They're plus plus eight and a half uh, through their four games, um, which eliminates Utah, Portland, and, and Memphis. No no losses there. Um, and then this next group: uh, New Orleans, Houston, Denver, Dallas, and the Clippers. Denver, Dallas, and the Clippers are all eliminated. So uh, wow. likely to be New Orleans, wow. which would be nice to get Zion in there. Um, but and yeah, those are so the, the defending champs and then two other bigger name teams. When I, when I first heard about this tournament the, the, from the podcast I listened to in the morning when they were talking about it, one of the things they said about it was that they felt like it would be situations like this where it was a random team where like a New Orleans Pelicans or a New York Knicks or someone like that got to win a, a tournament in the middle of the season, like teams that are solid but aren't going to win the NBA Finals. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's kind of interesting that we are actually starting to see that take place. Like, I mean, you got the Lakers looking good, the Pacers, the Magic, you know, the Pelicans, you know, teams that most likely aren't going to be the last team standing but could win a fun little tournament in December. So, yeah. Then in the last group, Sacramento's 3-0 and right now, and they are likely to uh, win that group, which includes Minnesota and Golden State, which I think the NBA would rather see either of those teams. And uh, Sacramento is playing Golden State tonight, and Minnesota is currently playing Oklahoma, and that score is currently 64-63 Oklahoma, who is eliminated, so they could play spoiler here for Minnesota if they uh, they get themselves a victory. Yeah. Now I wanted to talk about the Clippers last night and how I think I'm done. I think I'm I'm out. I think okay, I, I joked a couple weeks ago <laughs> about committing sports suicide, and I think like I'm I'm there. Like I've I've bought the gun. I've found the highest bridges. I'm okay. I'm ready to to end it all. Uh, last night was probably the worst regular season loss. Um, I actually literally have zero ever. clue about it too. So this so, is exciting for me. I'm hearing this for the first time because I did not get to watch any. Uh, you hear listen to the entertainment podcast. You understand the, uh, why. The Clippers last night played the Denver Nuggets. They are the defending champions. Yes, they are. They lost this game, which, okay, no shame in that, right? They lost to the defending champions. Where was um, this game played at? The Clippers were at home. Okay. So that they lost a home game. Yeah, it's always rough. Um, Jamal Murray <clears throat> still hasn't come back yet, Okay, so that's rough. Clippers were probably favored in this game. Um, from what second game guess. of a back-to-back for the Nuggets, so oh, yeah. that's Clippers always tough. Clippers were definitely favored then. That's always tough. Um, Aaron Gordon also not playing. Oh my God. Clippers were de- um, very favored. I imagine Nikola Jokic. No, also not playing. Oh my God, Andy Clippers. Very, very favored. Uh, so that at least oh, no. nuggets with two starters. Um, don't look at the oh, box no. score. Don't look at the box <laughs> no, score. I won't. Uh, what if I told you, what if I told you that the two starters left Michael Porter jr. And Contavious Caldwell Pope, mm-hmm. uh, they combined to shoot six of 27. Okay. That's the other two starters on the roster. Now, if I give you that information, what do you think the final score would be? Uh, Everything you're saying? <laughs> Clippers by... Clippers at home. 18? Yeah. Um, oh, no. They lost <laughs> oh, no. the fourth quarter 36-16 to 16, uh-huh. uh, on the backs of 
Former Clippers stars <laughs> Reggie Jackson, DeAndre Jordan, combined to shoot uh, 23 of 30. Uh, those two outscored the Clippers' big four of Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, uh, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook. Um, these are two guys that weren't even in the rotation last year. Um, two guys I love and respect, but now I they are forcing me to abandon my team. DeAndre Jordan doesn't ever play. Not for the last three years. He just He's a cheerleader on the bench. 21, 13, and 5 assists. Man, he should be playing. <laughs> Reggie Jackson, 35 points on 15 of 19 shooting. Reggie Jackson's a trucker. I love him, but he's a trucker. He takes yeah. a lot of bad shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't have a high percentage. 15 of 19. But the problem about those chuckers is that they can get hot, and then it's like it's a but very not, small sample to, size. And, but and to add 13 assists. Oh, my God. Not, not really known for his passing either. Well, I found it last night. And Jeez. again, yeah, they, they were up by 10 heading well, into the fourth what's quarter. Even and, and it looked like one of those games where, oh, you're taking it easy, you're going to win by, you're going to well, win the fourth quarter. Also, by the thing I'm noticing here right off the bat, too, is the, the bench had 25 points. That means it was all the starters. Granted, you're shorthanded, so you're playing all your starters for the most part, but that was. Yeah. Wow. And you see Jay Holiday there. That's not Drew. That's not Drew. That is Justin Holiday, the older brother. And even, and arguably one of their best bench guys, Christian Brown. Also, terrible. zero yeah. points, negative 19 on the court. Wild. I did, yeah, I had no idea none of that happened. I had no idea. So that, that's the worst loss I've ever seen in my life from, from the Clippers. They like just based on. I just, so in the fourth quarter, they got outscored by 20, huh? Yes. That they allowed 36 points. They allowed Reggie Jackson. It just seems like, I don't know, you, you quit. Like, you don't want to play basketball anymore. And it, it is it is so hopeless because they're stuck. Like, they, they have no moves to make for the next five years. Um, I don't know. I I might just not watch the NBA anymore because it's like it's yeah. That's uh that's that's rough. It's you know they always talk about um, relegation. Like should they bring that to American sports? They have that in in the Premier League. If you if you're bad, you just get bumped down a league, and that's what it kind of feels like. Is the Clippers feel like even mm-hmm. though they're in the NBA, they're not really there anymore. They're not going to ever compete uh, for anything for at least five years. And it's just like it's it's horrible. Like yeah, they're not they're not. I'd rather be the Pistons because at least the Pistons can suck and get a good player or something. Like there's no there's no hope here, and I'm sick of everyone on the team. And if if Steve Ballmer came in and fired all of them, even though you can't really fire people in the NBA, I'd be like, that's I, I agree. Like go ahead and do it. Like all these yeah, people, rough. all these people deserve to commit real suicide. Like you guys, <laughs> what what is your point in life? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, Paul George having six points in 37 minutes is insane. Yeah, like, you don't need to live anymore if that's what you're going to do. That's Your job is to play basketball, and you're not doing it, so. Yeah, that's uh, uh, that's re- rough. But uh, anyway, another, <laughs> some rough news and some basketball is a young player on the Oklahoma City Thunder, Josh Giddy, has um, been making news headlines, and not for the good way. Uh, he's been making headlines because apparently... It's been coming out that he uh, had relations with a underaged girl, and uh, this underage girl, this took place in uh, Newport Beach, California, so just in our backyard. Uh, the Newport Beach police are investigating the situation. I uh, really don't know much more than that. Other, like, I'm not sure like where they met, how they met. Like, was it you know she's underage, so I can't imagine she was in a bar. I mean, I go to a lot of those bars, and well, uh, well he was underage. I mean, he just turned uh, 21. Uh, okay, so he, okay. he shouldn't be at the bars either. Okay, yeah, so there so could again, be a lot going on here. Again, she's maybe 15 or 16 when, when this happened, so mm-hmm. like you can't be like, oh, he was young too. He was 20. Yeah, so. no, that's a definite, that's a big gap. Yeah. That's a big, very big gap. So, uh, 
Yeah, that'll be a. We'll uh, keep you guys updated on it as that story develops because it's uh, it's, just and it, now it's crazy because breaking over the last few days. We just saw this in baseball. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, and he's he's currently playing. I mean, he's playing tonight. I mean, they're letting it go as it goes until uh, something gets proven. And if something does get proven, then uh, yeah, that'll probably be the end of uh, Josh Gideon. He, that Australian's gonna have to find himself playing basketball maybe in Australia or uh, somewhere else because he is a solid player. He does uh, he does contribute to this young good Oklahoma City Thunder team. But uh, moving on from basketball, we'll go quickly to the MLB where there was another uh, pitcher that signed with another uh, National League team. So uh, let's talk about that. Yeah, if another another veteran starting pitcher is off the board here. Uh, Sonny Gray, who I uh, he might have gotten second in scouting. He was definitely up in the, the top five there. Uh, good season last year. He's going. I think he was second behind Garrett. Yeah, I think he's moving over to the Cardinals on a three-year, seventy-five million dollar deal. So, uh, yeah, that was someone I thought the Dodgers should should target if they just want another solid rotation guy. Because um, I, I don't think you can expect another elite year again. But uh, I mean, he's a guy who's been up and down through his career. But yeah, he's off the board. So that's uh, Nola is gone and Sonny Gray is gone. So uh, that's only going to drive up the price for Yamamoto, I believe. Oh, yeah. So yeah, very good. All right, moving on. We've got uh, some NHL news. Uh, we're going to get into an early season review, but I think, uh, do you want to do the story first or do you want to do the review first? Yeah, let's just get into the story. Yeah, let's get into the story. So uh, last week, um, Corey Perry, who used to play for the Anaheim Ducks, um, has uh, left the team for, uh, what was it, personal matters. And then yeah. things started developing more and more. And it, uh, now there's a heavy rumor going on, which uh, the Blackhawks GM... Uh, refutes rumors surrounding it, but uh, there's rumors going on that Corey Perry has left the team because he apparently... Well, he has been waived. He's not... It's not a voluntary thing. But he first, is, no, first he did step away, though. It was a, yeah, it was a leave of absence. He was a healthy scratch leave of, absence and leave of absence, and now he has been waived. And the rumor that's going around is that he slept with a young phenom Connor Bedard's mother. So, uh, again, these are just rumors, so we're not, like, breaking any news. We don't know, like, you know, will these rumors ever be confirmed? I mean, who knows? But uh, And we've heard this before. Delonte yeah. West is a famous one. Yeah, but I think that one was true. <laughs> I think it was. This one might be true. Yeah, exactly. And, it's and more age-appropriate, I think. Might just go down in history. But, yeah, exactly. Corey, Corey yeah. Perry is 38 years old. Yeah, the, the Connor Bedard's mom. Connor Bedard's only, like, 19. So, I mean, Connor Bedard's mom probably is only in her early 40s. Mm-hmm. So, not far behind. So, it's not like it's anything crazy. But uh, obviously, it being your teammate, and at the end of the day, I mean, if that obviously true or not, and if that was to upset Bedard, which I imagine it would, I mean, he, uh, I'm sure, does have the power to be like, I don't want to be with him on the ice, and you know, who's going to go? Your young phenom or uh, a washed-up veteran? Probably the washed-up veteran who's been on, like, six teams in the last, like, six years. But, uh, yeah, Corey Perry, yeah, so he's done. I mean, I'm sure another team will pick him up if that's really just the rumor. I mean, if that is the reason, I mean. Yeah, there, I mean, some other. He's a good enough player. He's gritty, too. Some other speculation is that uh, it might have been some hazing, which the NHL has had some problems with that the last few years, that <clears throat> hazing was a big deal. And you think when Corey Perry was a rookie, he probably got hazed. Yeah. And you I can't, remember I got hazed at cross-country camp. I'm sure you can't do the school. same kinds of things anymore. Um, and if you tried to pull that on the number one pick, the next great player, maybe it doesn't go as well. Yeah. And Corey Perry, let me just – a little quick story. I met Corey Perry at a – I, I'm sure I told the story before on the podcast. So I'm not sure if you remembered or not, Andy, but uh, we met him at uh, Paul's one night, local dive bar in Orange. Uh, we were all in there and there was a lot of people that night and he was sitting at the bar top. And I remember this was, God, how to have been, 
It was in November because I remember we were watching the Ducks on TV, but he was the Ducks were playing Tampa Bay that night. And it was a Saturday, but they were on the road and he was injured at the time. And I want to say it was I, 2019, November of 2019 and maybe 2018 though, one of those two years. And he was at the bar top just downing Michelob Ultras. And he was, you know, he, the only reason he started talking to us was because we weren't giving him any attention. We were with a group of like six, seven people. And I remember at the time, my, uh, a friend of mine, the girl he was dating, he kind of had a liking for her, but like, you know, like, you know, like whatever way, like we were actually telling her, like, go in there, try to get like Corey Perry's number. But, uh, he, he was a strange guy. I mean, you'll actually enjoy this part. Uh, he had a staring contest at the bar top with a former friend of the podcast, Wrecking Ball Joe, like a legit staring contest. And anybody listening that uh, knows Joe can only imagine how funny that was. And, uh, but yeah, no interesting guy. And like, I remember at one point he saw my mustache and talked about and said like how he had one, like had one or something like that, or like had to grow one for work or grew one for work or something like that. But you know, like we just, none of us, we all knew who he was, but none of us, you know, gave into like who he was. And he talked about how he was off like work right now because he was hurt and stuff. And it was just funny stuff. But, uh, but multiple people did come up to him that night when we were all around him. Cause we were all hanging around the same area saying stuff to him, but he would just like, you know, ignore it or nod his head, whatever. Like he was at least composed in that way. But, uh, I can say definitely a strange guy. And if you ever look at Corey Perry, he just always does look like he's just like got those beady eyes going. Like he's just kind of like always strung out. So, and he's always been a player that, uh, opposing teams have hated. Cause he is very, uh, he's a little dirty down low. He is, um, he'll, uh, do some, some poke checks. some like, you know, stick into like the goalie's face mask, you know, shit like that. He's very, uh, he's annoying, you know, whatever you could say. I, it, but I remember uh, a thing where he like squirted water in someone's gloves or something. Yeah. Yeah. He does like, weird shit. It's like, what? But, what uh, we loved him on the ducks. <laughs> you know, he won us a Stanley cup, helped win a Stanley cup in 07. But, uh, yeah. And actually one of the years, I think he like led the NHL in goals when he was on the ducks. So, uh. But yeah, it'll be very interesting to see if those rumors ever get fully confirmed or denied. And I mean, I have no idea even if Corey Perry's married or anything or like what his family is, situation yeah. is. Okay, so that's could be another reason because that probably would upset things at home. He was he was <laughs> married during your story too. It's yeah. married in 2015. So. Yeah, exactly. So uh, interesting cat. There, but but uh, well, let's get into the early season review. We'll start off with the East Coast. The Boston Bruins, who if you remember... Broke the record last season for most points in a season. Back off to a good start at the top of the uh, Eastern Conference with 31 points. Actually tied with the New York Rangers because the Boston Bruins have lost three in a row. So the Bruins and Rangers each have 31 points. Then you've got the Florida Panthers who were in the Stanley Cup last year with 27 points. And then you've got the Red Wings and Lightning with 25 points. The Red Wings, a nice young team. Tampa Bay Lightning, as we know, went to the Stanley Cup three years in a row, winning two of them. Uh, and then you've got the, another couple other notable teams, Toronto Maple Leafs, 23 points, the Philadelphia Flyers, 23 points. And then you got the Capitals and Islanders and Sabres all with 22. Uh, some teams that are at the bottom, Ottawa, which I thought actually had a good little young team, uh, 16 points. So they're not crazy far out of it, but uh, down below. So the whole East right now actually is uh, pretty solid from like the middle part down. I mean, a lot of, uh, you know, the worst teams only have, you know, 16, 18 points. So uh not too bad. And your Pittsburgh Penguins uh, was supposed to have a good year, only with 20 points. Same with the New Jersey Devils, only with 21 points. So, uh, yeah, the East Coast, though, looking. I do think it's notable here. I was looking, like, why is Ottawa there at the bottom? Only 17 games played. Some teams have played 23. Yeah, so, okay, that's uh, a good point. I didn't even notice that. You know, you're, you're yeah. definitely right there. And I think one of the things was because Ottawa did actually recently play in a – they did a little series in, like, I believe it was sw- – was it Sweden? I think it was Sweden. Yeah, because that's, that's cool. where Avicii's from, right? Because the, the, uh, there's an arena in Sweden that got named like the Avicii Arena. 
So yeah, I believe that, yeah, that was Sweden. So uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll move on over here to the, the West Coast where uh, the number one team here with also 31 points is your defending Stanley Cup champions, the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Right behind them, no surprise, the Colorado Avalanche with 30 points. And then you've got two teams that are starting to make a, a turnaround with how they've been the last couple of years. The LA Kings with 29 points and the Vancouver Canucks with 29 points. I actually was at the Kings-Ducks game on Friday, the 12-30 matinee game uh, on Black Friday. I think I saw they're off three and nothing lead in the first period. Oh uh, yeah, they won that game five one or no five two, and I will say the LA Kings look good. Then the following day they shut out the Canadians four zero. They've won five in a row. Their defense is starting to play really well. And here's a big notable thing right here, Andy: the LA Kings nine zero and zero on the road this year. Very remarkable. They're undefeated on the road. That's crazy. Uh, having a very good season. And the Vancouver Canucks having a really good season. They have a lot of guys up there, and I believe the Vancouver Canucks lead the NHL in. And goals, 88 goals. I, I feel like they were, last I saw, they were leading in um, uh, goals per game. So, yeah, they are leading in with 88 goals. And the LA Kings, you know, not too far behind, a little far behind, 76 goals. But, uh, yeah, both those teams having a great year. Uh, then you've got the Dallas Stars, Winnipeg Jets, each with 26 points. Uh, and then you've got the St. Louis Blues with 23. Calgary and Seattle with 21 uh, and then you got Nashville and the Coyotes with 20. And then, unfortunately, you know, our Anaheim Ducks, they were looking good for a while. You know, and this, I feel like they did this last year. They got a little hot. Two and eight in their last 10. Yeah, they've lost six in a row, two and eight in their last 10 after they had, you know, doing well. And it, ah, it's a bummer to see, you know, like now they're back to not doing so hot. The, the biggest surprise, though, in the Western Conference this year, Edmonton Oilers, only with 15 points. They actually fired their coach uh, a couple weeks ago. McDavid, for the first time, McDavid and Drysdale not in the top of the list for points this year. I mean, uh, will they get it going? Who knows? They've won two in a row. They're playing the Las Vegas Golden Knights tonight. So uh, maybe they can uh, do something there. And then you've got the Chicago Blackhawks and Chicago and San Jose Sharks down at the bottom in the gutter with 12 points. So it looks like uh, Connor Bedard has not uh, helped turn this Blackhawks franchise around just yet. They are uh, not doing very well at all. So, yeah, that's a quick little... Uh, I think it's notable. The Sharks have been outscored by 54 goals. Uh, Sharks have... Okay, so <laughs> there was two games in a row that the Sharks played, Andy. Two games in a row where they gave up 10 goals. They lost to the Vancouver Canucks. They in a row here, too. Yeah, they lost to the Vancouver Canucks like 10 to 1 and then lost to Pittsburgh the very next day 10 to 2 or two days later. So, yeah, they are not doing very well, <laughs> to say the least. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's our quick little hockey preview there. But it uh, looks like we will now go to uh, college football, where the game of the week that we had talked about all week, Michigan-Ohio State, and unfortunately for uh, me as a fan, Michigan defeats Ohio State. Uh, it was a good game. Michigan had the, uh, Ohio State had the ball at the end there, had a chance to drive. They were at the 30-yard line, and then they threw an interception, and Michigan goes on to win. And yeah, sadly, my TV gave out at that moment. Ooh. Like it was the, right before the the last play happened, and then it was like my TV speed died, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" And then I, once I got it back, Michigan was already celebrating, and I'm like, "That eh, ruins a little bit of it." But yeah. Um, and then, uh, well, also another great game. Uh, I was actually in the sports book for this when Alabama got the miracle touchdown versus Auburn, and there was a guy next to us that was cheering hard for them and went absolutely a wall. High fiving us, this big white dude that looked like he was probably from Alabama, like yelling things like, I had the mortgage on that. Or, I don't know, like stupid shit like that. But 
And then his no. the whole family you could tell was cheering for Alabama because then the kid came up and he was like you could tell like in his twenties, like mid twenties, like probably like twenty three, twenty four, like probably recently graduated from there because he had like the polo on, like the striped polo, and he was like almost crying, like telling people, like, "I'm so sorry, I'm just so emotional." Like it was kept their season alive, their hopes alive. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, I guess spoiling what we're going to talk about later, but Alabama will play Georgia in the title game. If Alabama wins that game, do they actually get in the playoff or not? Yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting. I think it doesn't help that you had to have a miracle versus Auburn. Might have helped to to blow them out, um, but yeah, you know, they got the win. They need if they got the loss, I don't think they had any chance. Um, but yeah, another another big game was Oregon in the last uh, Civil War matchup hmm. for at least a year. Uh, they won pretty easily against Oregon State, so another solid win for them. Uh, so that looks good for the committee. Um, and then the last game I wanted to just mention here, UCLA, after you know coming off a big win against USC, that was kind of the Super Bowl team. Like uh, they get blown out by Cal at home, really horrible. And that's I didn't again, even see that. I saw they were losing, but I never saw the final. Thirty-one-seven, just really horrible. The worst UCLA offense they've had in in years. And Chip Kelly's an offensive guy. Uh, yeah, it's a rough. That was the reason brought him over. Which they announced offense. they're not firing him, which I think is seems to be. Yeah, it seems to be wrong. Like, he's not getting it done on that side of the ball, um, which is what he's brought in to do. Uh, the, the freshman, Dante Moore, came back in again and wasn't good again, which is, I don't know what the future is there for there. Um, but the other thing is that's, it's not really a rivalry, but it kind of is important. Those are, that's our state's two big public universities, and they are splitting. Yeah, you know? this is bad. So UCLA versus UC Berkeley should be a bigger game, but <laughs> they're kind of not great sports schools at, at the moment or... You know, some are better than others at certain sports, um, but it is a historic matchup, and it's we're not going to get it next year. And so, Cal has the last laugh here in that matchup. is kind of kind of a bad way to go out um, for us Southern California people. I would say they mm-hmm. didn't they didn't defend us. They let the Northerners win, and I don't like that because we don't like Northern California. No, I we, I do not like so. Northern California <laughs> at all. Uh, bad luck there for UCLA. Mm-hmm. They're still going to be in a bowl game. But I don't know. Do bowl games even matter anymore? Nobody plays. Everyone's already looking to transfer. So, uh, oh, that's what. So that's one of the things I heard today was that the transfer window opened and a lot of quarterbacks dove headfirst into it. They they talked about a handful of quarterbacks that already have and jumped into the transfer uh, transfer portal. So that'll be uh, interesting to see. You'll definitely see some new faces and new places uh, next season. Um, but yeah, let's. Uh, we got the updated rankings though. After talking about all this, so uh, Georgia still at number one, uh, Michigan still at number t- or has gone to number two. They jumped obviously Oklahoma, Ohio State, and now here's the new faces or something. Or uh, Washington went from four to three, Florida State back in there at the number four seed, Oregon the number five, Ohio State six, uh, Texas seven, Alabama eight, and so what I hate about this is Florida State at four, knowing that I mean. Who will they be playing in the uh, in the ACC so we championship? Got, we got Louisville, so we'll go over that schedule of the conference titles here. Yeah, uh, but yeah, there's still just a lot of math here. Florida State wins, it's but gonna it's going to be close. ugly. It's going to be ugly to decide. And things. Washington loses. <clears throat> Do both Oregon and Washington get in? I don't think so. But does a one loss? It, it's it's all sort so of. So I feel like the like. The place. Let's think and about this. Should it, Alabama get in over Texas because Texas beat them head to head? So here's what I'm thinking. Let, let's just say let's for my stake as an as an Ohio State fan. I think the only way Ohio State gets in is everyone loses. No, Georgia beats Alabama. Yeah. Michigan, whatever happens, happens. Oregon beats Washington, and Louisville beats Florida State. Because if that happens, then you're gonna. I think a one loss Ohio State is better than a one loss. I think Washington. I think Texas would have to lose as well. 
I think Texas would jump into that first oh. spot over Ohio State. Oh, yeah, maybe. Because they have a conference title game. And they have the one. Yeah, so Ohio State's, they're done. It's it's going to be tough. But like you said, it's going to come down it's to. It's just so shitty for them because it's about when you lose. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they, they like they like all these people have one loss, but it's like, oh, Ohio State happened well, to play I think, Michigan. I think because they treated that game as an elimination game last week yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you want to go into the, the schedule here? Um, Friday night. We got our first big one. Oregon Washington on ABC is the Do we know where these games are at? Final. Um, I believe this is in Vegas. Let me let me confirm these. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get some locations too, because sometimes that uh can help with Yeah, sometimes, sometimes not. Uh, yeah, Legion Stadium in uh, Vegas. Have yeah. you ever been there? Yeah, I was just there. And uh there's a big uh, that's actually great. Wow, that's gonna be busy. Yeah. Um and then we've got uh Texas, Oklahoma State, Big Twelve final there. Um, that's nine in the morning on ABC on Saturday. Uh, that's in Arlington, Texas. You, so you think, oh, that's a favorite, favorite to Texas, right? I believe Arlington is actually still closer to Oklahoma than it is to Austin. But, um, so there'll be, there'll be fans on both sides there. Uh, Georgia, Alabama is, uh, at 1 p.m. So that's always a big game. They haven't played each other this year. So, um, we're always waiting on this game. And sometimes the team who's better ends up losing. Uh, but that'll be on CBS at 1 p.m. And that's in uh, that's in Atlanta. So you would think that would favor Georgia, but they're always playing there in Atlanta. And then we've got, uh, for the Big Ten, Michigan versus Iowa. Michigan at 23-point favorites in this game. Uh, <laughs> so the better teams but in the The Big crazy thing Ten, about that is the over-under also is only 35. That is. So they're crazy. saying that Michigan, they were saying that Iowa's team total is six and a half points, which <laughs> is just so upsetting. Just so upsetting that that's, ugh. Yeah. And Iowa, 10 and 2. Like, Iowa does this every year. They're in the worst um, division. Um, but next year when they add all the new teams, uh, those divisions are going away. So um, we won't have this again. I don't think Iowa's going to sneak in to the Big Ten uh, final next year because you're going to you're adding yeah. Oregon and Washington and maybe USC makes a comeback. And what if UCLA wins the Big Ten next year? <laughs> Kelly is a hero and uh, it's, it's on the table. Uh, but yeah, that's that's at five o'clock on Fox, and then the last one uh, also five o'clock, Florida State, Louisville, and ABC. I think that's the one people are going to be more tuned in on. Yeah, and, and Michigan, Iowa's in Indianapolis, and. Uh, ACC's there in Charlotte, so I don't know if there's any. I, I'm going to say right now, I got I think Louisville pulls it off. I have a feeling Louisville is going to pull off the upset and uh, defeat Florida State for the ACC championship game. It ends here for Florida State. Because I'm telling you right now, I really do not want to see Florida State make it because I think of them as a four seed going against a number one Georgia or even a number two Michigan, if like, depending if they jumped them all the way to three, depending on what happens with Washington or Oregon, would be very upsetting. And we all know for a fact, too, that whoever wins that Washington-Oregon game is in the playoffs. Like, I'll say that right now. Yeah. I don't yeah. care what anybody says. That's that's a for sure, for sure. If Oregon beats them, they will be a top four team. You cannot take them out as the five seed. I mean, that's just facts. They beat the three, not even up for discussion. So that's going to be a really big game. I'm, you know, I'm glad that's the kind of the, that's the lone game on Friday night. So if you're wondering why I clicked on this random receiver from Louisville, um, I was kind of wondering. Last that. week we were talking about we were watching the Eagles game. We we're talking about old Eagles receivers. Oh and I, yeah, I mentioned James Thrash. Thrash, and, yeah. And I saw Jay Thrasher in Louisville. I cannot tell if he's his son, 
Now, what about this guy? Yeah, Plummer. I saw that, too. Jack Plummer. That's got to be a son. He's not. Ugh. Even though he's from Arizona, it's crazy that he's not. I, I heard that before, and it's like, that's... that's upsetting. Not even related? Not even a nephew or something? So. It's all, that's really upsetting, yeah. Because, yeah, Jake Plummer, one of, one of our favorites. You see, there it is right there. Is Jack Plummer related yeah. to Jake Plummer? Not related. Damn, that's crazy. It's too bad. That is too bad. Well... All right. Well, speaking of former NFL players, should we just dive into the NFL? We had another crazy week. Uh, week 12 has come to an end. Interesting week in that there were games on four different days. Yeah. So and really uh, I'm going to actually um, I'm gonna send something right now, Andy, that uh, you might actually, that I uh, maybe, maybe not, you'll uh, find it humorous because of what happened. So I saw this last. <laughs> Last week sometime, uh, I believe it was... I saw it before the game. Uh, so we'll just call it Wednesday I saw this. There was a stat that said, Since the AFL-NFL merger, the Detroit Lions are 0-12 on Thanksgiving when the moon is in a waxing gibbous phase. Tomorrow is a waxing gibbous phase, which was Thursday, and the Detroit Lions lost to the... Uh, Green Bay Packers making them now 0-13 on Thanksgiving when the moon is in a waxing gibbous phase. So, uh, yeah, that was the big upset to start the the football week. Uh, Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers went into Detroit as like six and a half, seven and a half point underdogs and uh, took care of business. I uh, did not watch a second of this game, uh, but uh, mainly because I don't even I'm not even able to watch any of the games where I live. I only have Prime. So the, by the time I turned it on, because I was, you know, I was busy. I was, I was working. I'm making cranberries in the yeah, morning. Yeah, it took longer than course. I thought. Yeah. And I turned it on maybe 1030. And it was 23 to 7. Yeah, that was Green the thing Bay. I heard too. Like, it was... What in the fuck happened here? Because um, Green Bay scored 23 points against the Chargers. And everyone destroyed Brandon Staley because what an embarrassment that Green Bay could score 23 points. Because they hadn't scored, I think, more than 20 in like eight weeks. Yeah. And here it is. Green Bay had 23 before the half. Uh, they only Insane. ended up with, I think, 29 or 30, I don't know, somewhere, somewhere in there. Um, so Detroit made it kind of a game. Uh, but, yeah, not only did Jordan Love look pretty good again, Green Bay's in the playoff hunt, 5-6. and six. Yeah, I saw that. NFC They're like, sitting at the 8th seed, I believe. Yeah, NFC's bad. They're only a yeah, half game out. We'll get into more uh, NFC, uh, NFC teams there and whatnot. But uh, Well, actually, it was all NFC teams that day. But uh, the next game we had here, Dallas-Washington. Uh, Dallas does what they do. So that's interesting because usually, um, because CBS doesn't uh, AFC, they usually one there's one AFC team that usually plays on these games. Yeah. But the, yeah, not this year. Yeah, but uh, Dallas uh, they do what they do, and they the, that is beat up on bad teams, and they took out the Washington Commanders thirty five. I mean, wow, forty five to ten at home. Dak Prescott three hundred thirty yards, four touchdowns, really making a case to be a MVP. He's uh, he's throwing his uh, he's throwing it out there, but uh, nothing more to say about that other than the Cowboys are now eight and three and continue to beat up on uh, bad teams. Uh, the nightcap though that evening after you know everybody was full and wanted to sit in their recliner watch another good game. Well, you didn't watch a good game as the 49ers manhandled the Seattle Seahawks thirty one to thirteen. Christian McCaffrey found himself back in the end zone two times. Uh, Brock Purdy two hundred nine yards, a touchdown interception, nothing overwhelming, but uh, didn't have to do much. And the 49ers get an easy thirty one to thirteen victory. Um, also, uh, the next game we got here, uh, New York Jets versus the Miami Dolphins. And this was the first ever Black Friday game. And the Miami Dolphins, (laughs) 
took care of business, but I think the thing you got to talk about in this game, at least highlight, was there was a 99-yard pick six, but Andy, not only was it a 90, it wasn't your ordinary 99-yard pick six. It was a 99-yard pick six off of a Hail Mary that was being thrown by the Jets to end the half, and that, I think, right there just sums up the season they've had as uh, they lose this game 34-13. to They look like shit. Boyle, not much better than Zach Wilson. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you watched this game at all, but uh, I did, and I got a win here. I got a win, go. yay! I got I got one win. Uh, Miami minus ten because I, uh, yeah, my my prediction was Tim Boyle is not going to be better than Zach Wilson. They needed to make that and move. You were right, but yeah, just, it's it's going to be rough for the Jets going, and then I think maybe uh, maybe it's for the best so they lose out the rest of the games because uh, they got a nice team. They just need to find a quarterback, and maybe that's. Maybe that's Aaron Rodgers next year. Maybe not. Maybe it's Kirk Cousins. I don't know. I don't know what's going to go on with this team. They've yeah, got Aaron Rodgers on the roster next year. It's pretty bad. But uh, in the next game we got here, Atlanta versus New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans, it was an ugly game. 24-15, Falcons win, and that gives them first place in this division at a crazy 5-6 and six record. The New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons both tied in first place at 5-6. and six. The NFC South is just pitiful. I saw something today that said that the NFC South is basically just the AL Central for baseball. Yeah. Horrible division. Uh, just, yeah. I mean, and but we talked about this before. Is one of these two teams is going to make the playoffs by winning this division. They're going to get... I mean, I guess Tampa Bay's four and seven. They're, you can't count them out yet. But one of these teams is going to win this division with a shitty record. Eight wins or nine wins at most. And they're going to get a home game against, you know... The set, the six seed or something or five exactly like it's Dallas most likely be the number one wild card and watch Dallas. them oops and watch them pull it off somehow I don't know like I hate to say that but you you, you never know play a home playoff game in New Orleans it's it shit happens uh, but here we go another game here I'm happy about this Cincinnati goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Pittsburgh Steelers have one of their best offensive games their first four hundred plus. Total yards game this season, and it was after firing Matt Canada. So it's making things look good. Kenny Pickett, 278 yards, making it show that, hey, guess what? We got a new offensive coordinator. Now we're able to move the ball with this good defense. They win a game 16-10. The Cincinnati Bengals, you know, as we know, with Joe Burrow out for the season, all but uh, dead. So, uh, yeah, that was a nice uh, win for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, next game we got here. Another bad one here. Yeah. Tennessee, Tennessee. Carolina. <laughs> Horrible game. You got the one in ten Panthers against the four and seven Titans. Well, it's the record after the fact. So exactly. Well, now Tennessee you got the four wins because they played exactly. The so yeah, game. you're right. One and nine. It was the one and nine. No, I'm sorry. Yes, it was the one and nine Panthers against the four, the three and seven Titans coming into this game. And yeah, uh, Derrick Henry found his way into the end zone twice. So for you fantasy owners, you probably enjoyed that. But uh, ugly 17-10 game. The story of this game was actually what happened afterwards. Uh, Frank Reich fired as the Panthers' head coach, 11 games as head coach there, uh, after being fired midseason by the Colts last year. Um, so he's collecting a couple paychecks, which is nice for him. But, uh, yeah, it seems like uh, the not only was the trade to get the number one pick bad, they made the wrong choice. Yeah. And there was a lot of rumors about that. No, that, that actually uh, he likes Stroud more than Bryce Young. Um, we don't know the full story. I mean, the owner came out and had this crazy press conference today. Saying no, the whole organization was behind Bryce Young because that's what you got to say. Yeah, um, but yeah, a lot of stuff about like, hey, they they screwed this guy over. They took the wrong quarterback, and now they're blaming him for it. Um, 
But I think said Carolina's already had this is the third head coach in like four years under this new owner, just kind of getting crazy. He's really involved. There was a story about how he he actually um, had a play. He submitted a play to the offensive coordinator saying that I'd like you to run this play next week, which is like what? Like you, you're the owner. Like you can't. <laughs> it's like, all right. uh, but that's it's a bad situation. Uh, they are the worst team in football, and they don't own their number one pick next year. The Bears that's have so that bad. number one pick because of the trade last year to get the number one pick um and now they're left with bryce young who's five foot two it seems like he gets smaller every time and they're just not good yeah they uh they fucked up they could have gotten cj stroud but um and then moving on to the next game another game that i mean it was a good game but two teams that still you know whatever got the indianapolis colts against the home against the tampa bay buccaneers uh they get a 27 20 victory which actually uh puts them in the playoffs at this current moment yes this is Crazy. Yeah, very upsetting. (laughs) So if anyone's like, oh, you know, Gardner Minshew, maybe, you know, he's a good veteran presence. Uh, He's not been good at all. And somehow they score points and they win games. It's, um, yeah, they're six and five and the Bills are six and six. We'll get to that later. But I do not want to see the Colts in the playoffs. There are some teams that are, uh, you know, have won a couple less games that I am confident are better than the Colts. But here we are. Um, now, here's two teams that are definitively better, worse than <laughs> oh my the Colts. God, yeah. It just keeps getting worse as we're going down this list. Uh, Giants and in, in Patriots, which we knew was a, a shit game. We we both actually made picks on this game. Yeah, we did. I, um, uh, we knew it was a shit game going in, uh, and it really, really was. 10-7, to 7, the Giants pull off the victory here. Uh, I had the Patriots in this game because I thought, like, there's no way Tommy DeVito is putting up points against. I don't care if Bel- Bill Belichick's old and washed up. He's still not going to allow this guy to have a bunch of points. And, and they didn't. <laughs> I was right. Ten, 10 points is fine. The Patriots, though, only put up seven against, I don't think, is a good Giants defense. They've played okay. No. Um, and that uh, leads but, into my the pick I had for this game. Yeah. I had the under. I went with the route of under 33.5, which was a very low total, and uh, it was 10-7. to 7, So I was uh, I was right there. And, I mean, I don't, I'm sure, I don't know if you saw this game, but I know that New England missed a, a late field goal, yeah. like a 30-yarder to, that could have sent it into overtime, and maybe they would have gotten at least the push, maybe the, the win. I don't think you – oh, yeah, they could have, yeah, yeah my bet. For yeah. your bet. But, yeah, no, mine was going to be secured, over. I think, we're, yeah, regardless. Uh, but I think the story here of the game is that uh, both quarterbacks played for New England. They both suck. So yeah, no, it's a really bad team. Mac Jones had a, the worst game you could possibly have, and they benched him, and the other guy came in and was bad too. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have a different quarterback uh, leading the way next season, I believe for sure. Yeah, the way they're going, they're gonna get one of the top picks, and uh, they can get either. Uh, yeah, Drake Mayer. We have Mayer Williams will be available, I would assume. Our next game we have here is maybe the game of the week. Two like the best overall matchup. And I guess they ended up pretty good. Uh, Houston, Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville led most of the way, but the Texans uh, made a comeback, but ended up missing the game tying field goal. Uh, and uh, that was one of my picks as well. Yes, yeah, so you do. I did hold have, on there. I had the Jaguars minus two, and uh, yeah, they held. They held on and won by three. So um, close, but uh, it's a winner. But yeah, that was uh, was a big game for them and uh, Jacksonville, staying atop the division now. But uh, yeah. Uh, and this next game was the last game I had of the week. <laughs> the, the Broncos at home against the Cleveland Browns. They uh, took care of business there with a nice 29 to 12 victory. I had, I said Broncos minus two and a half, and that also hit. Uh, happy to see the Cleveland Browns lose, of course, as a Steelers fan. And Denver knocked out uh, DTR in this game. PJ oh, Walker that I didn't know because I was actually at a game that we'll talk about uh, here soon. So I think the question is, is it Flacco time? It might be Flacco time. Yeah, which is interesting considering the year we live in. 
Um, but yeah, Joe, <laughs> Joe Flacco might be back. That is crazy to think. But um, so you go three zero. So I did. Yeah, uh, first time going three zero. First time. First time with a winning week. Uh, the first three no between any of us. So that's nice. Try to get us, try to get the podcast back on track. Uh, we'll give you some other picks this week. Maybe see if I can, we can keep it going. I can keep it going. But uh, yeah, this other game here, the Rams at the Cardinals. Uh, Rams took care of business 37 14, five and six, keeping their hopes alive with winning two in a row now. Yeah, same spot as the Packers, half game out of the playoffs. Yeah, so, so they're there, there. They're gonna Stafford's they're gonna back, try playing well. So yeah, so they're they're getting guy. Kyron Williams is back. Had a good game, sixteen carries, one hundred forty three yards. So uh, there's hope for the Rams. Uh, they have a tough one this week though, as they're at home against the Cleveland Browns. But uh, yeah, so this next game, the Las Vegas Raiders at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. I was at this game. I was in attendance so in I, Las Vegas. I have to ask: when the Raiders go up fourteen nothing, did you think they were going to win? I don't know if I thought they were going to win, but I was definitely like. It's gonna be a good game because uh, I went with a lot of obviously some big Raider fans. Uh, so yeah, they were up fourteen nothing early, and then uh, so there is a moment I will tell you. So I was there with a friend Tyler, a friend that you know, and it, when it was fourteen seven uh, Raiders, I said to him like, "This game is gonna be tied at the half," and I said, "But you're gonna blink, and before you know it, it's gonna be twenty eight fourteen Kansas City." Well, that wasn't quite the score, but the game was tied at the half, and Kansas City did end up getting up. Uh, 28 to 17 at one point, end up winning the game 31, 17. Uh, yeah, they just, you know, cool, calm and collective, you know, Mahomes just casual two ninety eight two touchdowns, uh, rice who I actually have on one of my fantasy teams, eight, eight catches, 107 yards and a touchdown. So he's maybe trying to become that, uh, breakout wide receiver for, uh, Mahomes to help, uh, Kelsey out there. But, uh, Mahomes just reminds me of how it was with like Peyton Manning, Kurt Warner, Tom Brady, as long as you got hands, which we know Valdez, Valdez Scantling does not. Uh, then yeah, but uh, yeah, that was a it was a fun game to be at regardless of the atmosphere. Uh, but yeah, Chiefs nice easy victory over the Raiders. Uh, and then this next game, I know you talked about a little bit has a little bit of a possible controversy in it. I obviously didn't get to see this game because I was at the Raiders game. So uh, Eagles win thirty seven thirty four. But I don't know if you were able to watch some of this game. I know you had a few things to talk about with it. I, I ended up seeing most of the second half. So here's the crazy thing about it. This game was not on TV. The Raiders game was on TV. <laughs> Yet I crazy. still was able to watch most of, most of the second half because uh, it finished so quick and that this game... Yeah, that's had, one thing I did notice about the Raider game being at it is it, it went fast. So this Bills-Eagles game went to like 5-10 because it was an overtime game, but yeah. it was also just took forever. Well, it's um, also dark outside there early. You know? Yeah, so the, the Bills had double-digit leads multiple times. Eagles kept coming back and, uh, yeah, eventually went to overtime. But, yeah, kind of a crazy turn of events here. Josh Allen had no big turnover in the fourth quarter that allowed the Eagles to to come back there. Um, but the, the Eagles being down three uh, had kind of a, a bad comeback attempt and had to settle for a 59-yard field goal in the rain. And it's like, this is hopeless. There's no way this guy can do it. And he did. He got the game-winning kick. And uh, big surprise. But... Uh, despite that, the Bills were able to drive down the field, um, and they had what should have been the game-winning touchdown. Uh, it was a, a blitz, and Gabe Davis was running a corner route in the end zone, but on the blitz, he should have just kept running because he was wide open, and Josh Allen put it right to where he should have been, but he cut off and went towards the sideline, and it was a big controversy of like, okay, whose fault is this? It was an easy play, and they're saying, no, the guy needs to know it was a blitz, and, and no, Josh Allen still had the time to actually get him the ball but it was like it's too much Josh Allen played great but there's just so much uh on him that like those little mistakes and everyone gets critical of him um, but they still kicked the field goal to go up three 
Um, but that gives the Eagles a chance to win the game in overtime still. Um, and there was a play that was uh, controversial where uh, A.J. Brown caught the pass um, and the defender came in and knocked the ball out. They called it on the field incomplete and reviewed it and let the call stand. Uh, I think that was the wrong call, even though I don't love fumbles like in general. Like I think they're kind of cheap to win on a fumble. I think it was a Part fumble. Of the game, though, it happens. I think it was a fumble. It's a fumble, it's a fumble. Um, I think he made enough moves. They always say you got to have two steps and a third move, whatever that is, a duck, another step itself, a turn, anything like that. And I think I think it was enough, and that fumble would have won the game. It would have been over because you only have that one possession to come back, and that would be the end of the game. And it would be like everything's right for, for the Bills. They win a, a big game on the road against uh, one of the better teams, and Josh Allen was great. It seemed like the narrative would go against them. They'd... They'd be, I think, the five seed at that point, and it would feel like everything is right. But now it went against them. Uh, the fumble doesn't happen. The Eagles score uh, a touchdown on a Jalen Hurts draw, and it's just like everything is terrible for this team. They've lost all their games close. I think they said they're 0-6 in overtime um, in the last three years. So since that crazy overtime game against the Chiefs in the playoffs, they haven't been able to win an overtime game. Um, and it's yeah, it's sad. I think the Bills are still one of the better teams, even though their defense is really taking a step back here. I think they're still one of the top ten teams in the NFL, and right now they're on the outside looking in, while teams like the Colts and Denver are ahead of them. Yeah, or even Cleveland. It's like I'd rather see the Bills get in the playoff field than those teams. And there's plenty of time for things to shake out the way they should. Yeah. But, but they as have we talked about the Bills do have a difficult schedule. It's a very tough schedule coming up. Uh, <clears throat> Chiefs, oh, yeah. Cowboys. Chargers, Patriots, Dolphins. And that so Chiefs game we'll just mention is next week because the Bills are on their bye this week. Yeah. So it's three of the top ten That's teams. That's a very tough schedule. And I'll actually be at the Charger game, which I'm hoping I'm hoping Bills win. I think Bills will beat the Cowboys at home. I'm hoping they do. I'm hoping they win one of those games because I at least want that Chargers-Bills game to at least mean something. I don't want to go to that game and have it be like, you know, a bunch of scrubs. Yeah. Hopefully um, the Chargers win the next few games too, and hopefully they, they can maybe have hope to maybe finish the season 10-7. and seven. But I, I had a take after this game about Josh Allen. Um, and some people have a different opinion. I know you even sent me or you showed me a thing earlier today. A lot of people have, have noticed the, uh, the similarities between Justin Herbert and Phillip Rivers. Two Chargers quarterbacks kind of in a, in a position where they're, they're good, but the team lets them down and they win, lose these close games and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, that's a good comparison. I think Josh Allen is the new Phillip Rivers. Oh yeah, and let me let me go into the comparison. When Philip Rivers started, just when he being first able to started run more. Yeah, well, not, not play style. I'm just saying how everything's going. Okay. When Philip Rivers first started for the Chargers, that team was loaded. They won a bunch of games. They didn't win a Super Bowl. They were good enough to do it, but they couldn't get it done. Um, and they they made the playoffs four consecutive years, won the division four consecutive years. It seemed like this is how it's going to be. They're going to be great forever. They've got this good good young quarterback. Uh, after winning the division in those four consecutive years, they have not won the, won the division since. The Bills, I don't know if they won four consecutive, maybe close to that, but they won a lot of games over the last few years since Josh Allen became good. They've made the playoffs every year. They've had some success, but haven't gone to the Super Bowl. And now the team is just not as good as it was. I think they're still good. It's not as good as it was the past couple of years. Yeah. You pay Josh Allen, your team just gets a little worse. And he's out there playing hero ball every week. They're losing these heartbreaking games. That is the Philip Rivers script right there. Yeah. Because uh, 
sadly, Justin Herbert has not had that early success that Phil Rivers had. I'd love for that to be true, but uh, Josh Allen did. And it, it's like you would think, oh, Josh Allen, age 27, made the playoffs every year. Like, this is how it's going to be forever. And it doesn't always work that way. He could still be very good, and the team just can't get into the playoffs. So um, we'll see. There's still five games left for them, so uh, they can turn it around. But, um, yeah, let's go into the Chargers game. Which Yeah, here you go. This is the Ravens-Chargers Sunday night football. I, I don't even know what to think about this game. It wasn't fun to watch. Um, I guess, yeah, you wouldn't didn't even see it. No, I, yeah, I, I didn't get to watch um, this game. I, I saw some of it. I saw when it was... So I actually, so really quickly, I didn't see the final touchdown for the Ravens, which actually made them cover the spread and whatnot. But the funny thing about it was, you might enjoy this, uh, old friends of the podcast, Wheel Talks, uh, playing Sonny in a fantasy football league. And I have Zay Flowers and his late touchdown is what made me beat him. And Sonny's in first place and I was in like top six, make the playoffs. I'm in like fifth. So I needed that win. So I at least thank Zay Flowers for that. I didn't see it, but I... Saw that it was a he, rush. He uh, should not have scored the touchdown. It was a dumb play for him to score the touchdown, yet it all works out. Um, but yeah, it was kind of kind of boring. The Chargers had a good opening drive that the refs like totally botched. Uh, there was a late hit on Herbert they didn't call. And then the offensive lineman came in to protect his guy and got flagged. And the Chargers ended up with a very long third, third down and ended up kicking a field goal there. Uh, and then they had like six consecutive drives where they did nothing. Uh, four turnovers. The Chargers have had the least amount of turnovers of any team in the NFL uh, and had four turnovers in this game. Three fumbles, uh, one by Eckler on a catch and one by Keenan Allen on a catch. Uh, Eckler is a disaster. That's two lost fumbles in a row or two weeks in a row with a lost fumble. Uh, so I'll, I'll just go back to my bet here. I actually had this on one of my games over 46 and a half because the way the Chargers have been playing defense, the way Baltimore's been playing offense, um, I like this to be a high-scoring game. Even though Baltimore is one of the best defenses, I still thought, like, okay, the Chargers can get things done. Herbert's playing pretty well right now. seems like he's been better since the finger injury. Uh, no, it was a very low-scoring game. Um, it ended up being 20-10, but again, this game was 10-3 to at the half. Uh, the Chargers were able to cut it to 13-10, to and they had a chance to win. Um, but again, yeah, not even close to the 46-and-a-half there. Um, but yeah, those turnovers really, really hurt them. Uh, Quinn Johnston was terrible again. He got hurt. And at the end of the, the end of the game, when the Chargers have a chance to win, 13-10, it seems to always work out that way that they get the ball back with two minutes left. And it's like, can they get something done? And, um, it's pretty predictable what happens down to Keenan Allen and a practice squad receiver. Uh, they can't move the ball. And then on the big fourth down, immediate blitz, immediate pressure. Herbert throws it away, has nothing there. And it's just like, in all of their losses, I think they've had a chance to win the game. Even the Chiefs game, which ended up being a 14-point loss, they had a chance uh, down seven uh, before giving the ball away. Yeah, I mean... And they can't get it done, and it's super frustrating because the story is always, is Herbert just not clutch? And it's like, no, every fucking time, they just blitz, and he gets hit immediately. And I don't know why this is happening, because in his first three seasons, he had multiple fourth-quarter comebacks and game-winning drives. This year has been a curse that they've been in this position every single week and they haven't been able to execute on one of them. You think on one of them, that's still a bad percentage and uh, it's very frustrating. But yeah, after Baltimore takes over up 13-10 with a minute and a half left, uh, they're just going to try to run out the clock there. Um, and the Chargers had all three timeouts, so Baltimore ended up going for it um, to try to like on a third and one and they run a wide, re- wide receiver stretch play. 
and he has the first down and he's just like, I can score and just runs in when he should have just slid. You run the game's over, uh-huh. but he went in for a touchdown, which gave the Chargers a chance to do something. They didn't do anything, but they, the Chargers took over with a minute 10 left. Theoretically, they could have scored and got an onside kick. Um, so it was a bad decision on, on his part, but uh, he scored two touchdowns. Now he's a young kid. Um, he doesn't. He wants the touchdown. The, the frustrating part, Quinn Johnson was taking one pick ahead of him. Yeah. Uh, pretty much everyone also one, wanted, Also, and then two picks ahead of Jordan Addison. So yeah, I mean, so <laughs> I wanted Addison because I knew him watching USC, but I yeah. knew Flowers was a speed receiver. Where did Flowers go again? Boston College. Boston College. They needed a speed receiver, and instead they went with Johnston, who's bigger size, but doesn't use the size at all, and it's just been a huge disaster. He looks like he's broken as a, as a human being. And Zay Flowers looks good, and it seems like that's a kind of that's the kind of move that really sets back a team. Like could be multiple years that they they yeah. needed another really good uh, playmaker. Especially they didn't know Mike Williams was going to get hurt, but they even with that they still needed someone that you know could go catch a deep ball or something or break on a on a wide receiver run, but uh, not to be. So yeah, that's uh. And then we have one more game. and Yeah, this was trash. Terrible. We don't even talk about it too much. Monday Night Football, Bears-Vikings, <laughs> NFC North matchup. Bears win the game 12-10. to 10. They win with four field goals. Josh Dobbs throws four interceptions. The Vikings go into their bye week, and it has made uh, their coach say, we are actually going to maybe reevaluate who our starter is going to be when we get back from the bye because the Vikings are very alive in the playoff picture. But, uh, yeah, heading on into week 13. We'll give you guys three more picks. Uh, we'll talk about a couple of the notable games here. We actually have a decent Thursday night football game with the Seattle Seahawks at the Dallas Cowboys, two teams that are playoff potential teams. I mean, Dallas most, more than likely in the playoffs unless there's a catastrophe that hits. A uh, couple other, you know, we'll just note Andy and I's team. Uh, the Chargers are at the Patriots, so I think if they lose that, Andy will probably never watch a football game again. Um, and maybe same with me. The Pittsburgh Steelers at home against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh couple other notable uh, games this week is, you know, will the Lions, after a bad loss, they go to the New Orleans who need to win on the road. So, I mean, that could be a potential chance for an upset there. Um, you got the Broncos against the Texans, which all of a sudden is a key matchup now with two six and five teams that are fighting for the playoffs. Uh, Cleveland Browns, seven and four at the five and six Rams. Uh, but the game of the week here, by far, the eight and three 49ers at the 10 and one Eagles. This is a rematch of the NFC championship game, but, uh, Brock Purdy hopes to be able to stay in this game because as we all know last year, what, uh, what happened in that? Uh, but yeah, do we want to give ourselves a, unless there was a matchup you wanted to talk about? Well, I just want to say it's notable that the, the Niners have two less wins are on the road and they're favored. Yeah. Um, but everyone knows the Eagles are kind of like, they're not frauds, but they're a little, got a lot of magic. Well, yeah. Actually that game but, actually might be in my, uh, in my picks. Here. All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to start off. Uh, I'm going to start off with your team. Oh, very good. Five and a half point favorites at home. Uh, I like them to, to keep this little momentum they've got going with the offense. Yeah. Um, and I, I like that a lot. Don't like what I'm seeing out of Arizona Cardinals. So I'm a, the first one I'm going to go with Andy's. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ride him for the second week in a row. I'm going to keep the hot hand going. I'm I, just cause I like the number. I'm going to take the Denver Broncos plus three and a half just because I like that hook. On the road against Houston, this team's playing well. You got a veteran coach, you got a veteran quarterback. They've won five in a row. The, the The team's playing with purpose now for the first time in a few seasons. So also sort of the Texans, but I think Russell Wilson, and I think they at least keep it close. I think that's going to be one of those ugly kind of low scoring games that maybe a 2017 final, whether it's the Broncos or the Texans. But I think uh, Broncos can not only win that game, but at least lose by less than four. So 
Give me the Broncos plus three and a half in that game. All right, my next pick is another another favorite here. Um, I like these <clears throat> mid favorites that are a little little less than you know, and they're not touchdown favorites. So I like that. Um, you can win by six here. Uh, Tampa Bay by five. Um, why did I lose against the Panthers? Uh, the one thing to worry about here is the new coach bump from a fired coach. Yeah, that's um, But I don't that. like anything coming out of this Carolina team right now. And Tampa yeah. Bay is still alive in this division and yeah, has every incentive. They're, they're, they're still in it. Even though they haven't been that good, I think they're they're very much still in the playoff race. So their heads are going to be in the right spot. So. All right, Andy. So I'm actually going to touch that Niners-Eagles game, and I'm going to actually take the Niners as three-point favorites on the road. And here's my reason why. The Eagles last two weeks, they've played Monday night football at the Chiefs. And then they went on a short week and had to play a tough game against the Bills that went into overtime. And now they're at home against a tough Niners team and a Niners team that hasn't played since Thursday. So this Niner team gets the 10 days of rest. Eagles have played two weeks in a row against really good teams. This to me feels like one of those, like how like the pro handicappers kind of think about situations like this. Uh, Niners just going to be more rested. They're in this game. You've also got, you know, if you believe in it or not, the revenge spot. You know, this is the team that eliminated them in the NFC Championship last year. Uh, I think Niners go into Philadelphia and uh, take them to 10-2. and two. Plus, you know, the Niners probably have that hope that, hey, maybe we still get this one seed because the Eagles still have to play Dallas in Dallas. So... Uh, there's, you know, the Niners, if they win this game, this could be, this would be the tie break if they have the same record at the end of the season. So they're only two games back. I think the, for that, uh, top spot, I think they, uh, granted you'd have to worry about the Cowboys also, but I think the Niners beat the Cowboys. So I think they would have all the tie breaks. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, like the 49ers minus three on the road in Philly, I think they get the job done. All right. My last pick, another point total, which I think I've haven't hit one yet. <laughs> so, but I'm still going with it. Uh, I'm going Bengals Jaguars under 38 and a half because the Jaguars defense is, I think, sneakily good. Like people don't realize that they're actually been winning games with defense more than offense um, because you think of their offense, Trevor Lawrence. Um, but they have a top, <clears throat> I think, top five, at least top ten uh, defense, and they're going against Jake Browning. And we saw he didn't score anything really against uh, the Steelers. So I think you should expect. Less than 17 points, I'd say, from the Bengals. And the Jaguars aren't going up and scoring 38 in any of these games either. So um, that's my pick. It's funny you say that, Andy, because I'm actually also on this game. And I like what you said, but instead of the total, I'm taking the spread. I, I like the Jaguars minus eight at home. Monday night football game, I mean, they want to win. I think the Bengals, their season's done. You're going to go on the road against a team that is solid. And I, I agree with you. I think this could be a... 27-10 type game, maybe 20, you know, 24-13, like a game like that where it is under your 38 and a half total and the Jaguars are able to win by double digits because I don't see a scenario where I think it's going to be tough for the Bengals to score over 10 points, quite frankly. On the road against Jacksonville, I don't you think he's just going to find it. And I think, you know, you're going to get to a point where this team is, you know, the season's gone. So, yeah, I do like the the – Jacksonville Jaguars to uh, win this game by double digits, but at least by eight. So, yeah, I'll go with that. Is that uh? do we have anything else to chat about? All right. You've been listening to the Tony's Take podcast, episode 352 of sports. Uh, I'm Anthony and or Tony, I guess I should say I'm Tony. And with me, I had a uh, off-road Andy. Yes. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Hit that subscribe button and tell a friend. Thank you.